Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm your host, Ashley Sanchez, joined by, again, over Zoom, Erin Keller. And today, our guests are some pretty important people within NDOW. We actually have our Habitat Division Administrator, Alan Janay, and our Deputy Director, Jack Robb. So thank you both for taking time to join us today. Thank you. Yeah, this thank is great. You. Awesome. And the reason we brought you in is we're talking about a pretty important topic. It's our wildlife heritage program. So does one of you just want to kick it off and give us a little overview of what this program is? The heritage program came into being about 25 years ago. Uh, Nevada Bighorns Unlimited, Fraternity Desert Bighorns, others, they saw an opportunity with other states auctioning off bighorn tags and, and elk tags and deer tags. They saw an opportunity to get a funding source that, uh, produce revenue that was dedicated funds to do habitat projects throughout the state. So that's where it really came into being. And then uh, after that started, they came up with a partnership and wildlife program, which uh, during the big game application period, uh, you put in uh, for tags that you can hunt statewide, uh, depending on the unit and the weapon class that's open. And then after that, uh, some sportsmen saw that the heritage tags were a special opportunity that the common citizen could never have. So some sportsmen brought that forward also, it's called the Silver State Tag, and that tag mirrors the Heritage Auction Tag with the same season dates. It's open from September 1 on most species through January 1st. Any unit is open, any weapon class is open. So it gives the ordinary guy an opportunity to participate in a special tag. Uh, it's it's sought after, it, it raises quite a bit of money. Uh, all three of those, the, the Heritage Auction Tags, the Partnership in Wildlife, and the Silver State Tag go into the Heritage account uh, to benefit wildlife. And I, I oftentimes hear sportsmen talk about, oh, the department does that just as a money grab. Well, these programs really didn't originate within the department. They originated from sportsmen groups and others that saw the need on the landscape to generate more dollars to do good things for wildlife without increasing uh, hunting and fishing license uh, fees to the general sportsman that then could uh, hinder participation. So it's a voluntary program that people participate in, but it's become a vital program uh, that benefits the habitat, the wildlife resources, and the sportsman of the state of Nevada. It's been a very successful program. There is another specialty tag, uh, the dream tag. Uh, that was, again, brought by sportsmen. Uh, it's similar to the Partnership in Wildlife and uh, the Silver State tag. It has the same season parameters as the PIW tag. You have to hunt in the unit that's open with a weapon that's open at that time. Uh, but the difference is the uh, Dream Tag is administered through the Community Foundation because the state of Nevada cannot have a raffle. Uh, the others you get one choice, one chance. It's one ticket per customer. The, the dream tag, you can buy unlimited numbers of tickets. It's $5 a ticket. It's currently open now. 
Uh, if you go to dreamtech.org, you can uh, participate in that program. And that program is administered by the Community Foundation and DreamTag Board. And it also provides uh, vital funding to wildfire rehab and other things we've got going that benefit uh, wildlife and the sports in the state of Nevada. So there's basically four programs uh, that were brought by sportsmen that benefit uh, the department, benefit the sportsmen and the habitat wildlife resources in Nevada. And they're, they're vital to what we do and uh, it, they've proven to be successful and, and they grow every year. Okay, and I definitely wanna get into some of the projects with Alan in a little bit, but um, going back to what you were saying, Jack, so does the Dream Tag money, is that also part of the Wildlife Heritage Fund or is that just a separate way? It, it's a separate, it, it, it does not come in. Only those, the PIW, Silver State Tag and Heritage Auction Tags go into the Heritage account. Dream Tag goes to the Community Foundation and they have a separate board, uh, governor, legislative appointed board, and then there's one member that's uh, a portion of the Wildlife Commission, the Vice Chairman of the Wildlife Commission also sits on that board. So uh, it's different funding location, different board that administers those funds. The other three funds are administered by the Wildlife uh, Commission. The department and sporting groups can put projects forward to get funded through the heritage account. And that money is uh, allocated through the commission process and the dream tags administered through the dream tag advisory committee and the community foundation. Okay. So every year when hunters are applying for tags, I usually answer the phones to help people through. I help on the phone lines and we always get questions like, what is this silver state tag? What is this PIW tag? So these are ways that people, if they, I mean, not only would they get a great hunt out of it, say they were successful, but it's going into our wildlife heritage trust fund. So that's a good way for hunters to give to help go to conservation. So Alan, do you want to talk about some of the projects that this funding goes into? Yeah, you bet. Um, as Jack alluded, this is this has been going on for quite some time, about 24 years this year. Um, 25 will be next year. Um, and over that duration, um, if everything's approved this year and everything's fully funded at the levels we're predicting, um, in those 24 years, there's been over $11 million that have been brought to wildlife projects and improving wildlife habitat and studying wildlife in the state of Nevada. Um, that, that's pretty substantial, um, especially when you consider that this is all considered state dollars. Um, so we can use this to match our federal grants. So we can stretch this. Um, typically we stretch it three to one. So every, for every dollar that we get through the heritage account, we can match that with three federal dollars. And so that allows us to really get a lot done. Um, and you look back at the history of this heritage and uh, back in 1998 when this started, there were only four uh, projects that were submitted. And at that time, it was only bringing in about $48,000. Um, where we sit today, like Jack said, with the, the evolution of the heritage tags, the uh, PIW, and now the Silver State, this year we're funding a record amount at $1.268 million just this year. 
Um, so it, it's huge. Um, you look at that, I think the maximum number of projects we've funded in one year was 27 projects. Um, this year, I think we've got 22 on the, on the docket that might be funded. So um, it brings a great number of projects and it is, it's spread across everything. Um, as Jack mentioned, you're, you're looking at projects that are, it, it, it's most every year, it, it funds our trap and transplant program. So when we talk about our bighorn sheep herds that have expanded so greatly in the state, this is one of the key funding programs for this um, since 1998. The, the sportsmen's organizations have definitely kicked in, um, but as every tag, you know, every person that puts in for PIW and puts in for Silver State or goes and buys one of those heritage tags, that's, that's also going into a pot that can go help with trap and transplant and expand our populations. Um, so it's, it's pretty substantial. Um, I think, you know, much of the research uh, that we know about bighorn sheep and, and disease, um, a lot of it's been funded by these types of dollars. And um, it's really expanded Endow's ability to do good work on the ground and expand, you know, our populations and, and be able to rehab our, our habitats. And those are some of our biggest success stories. So it's cool that this money is, that's how we're funding those projects and making those stories happen. And Jack, you said that yeah. we didn't, oh, sorry, Alan, go ahead. I think there's a little delay there in our Zoom. Sorry, go, go to Jack and I can come back and fill in. Okay. Well, Jack, you were saying we didn't, this wasn't a money that we always relied on and we didn't have these funds available. This wasn't always something we had, but it was the sportsmen came together and wanted to create these specialty tags, basically. Yes, and the NGOs, uh, I had the opportunity to sit on a wildlife commission. I actually sit on the Heritage Committee. And uh, when the department ran short of heritage funds to get the total action to projects, uh, NBU, the fraternity, uh, Wild Sheep Foundation, Elko Big Ones Unlimited, Nevada Muleys, Chucker, everybody, they would bring additional dollars during those Heritage Committee meetings to make sure projects were funded in total. It's a big cooperative effort. Uh, a lot of the NGOs take, a, take advantage of the opportunity to come to those meetings and, and look for opportunities, uh, uh, good projects that they can also get behind and support. Uh, Alan talks about the three-to-one match, but we don't only rely on the three-to-one PAR match. Uh, the heritage program a lot of times is matched with BLM dollars for special projects. It's matched with Forest Service dollars, NRCS dollars. It's matched with NGO dollars. It, it you know, this 1.26, when we're done with this commission meeting, it'll be in excess of $4 million and maybe up to $5 million worth of projects on the ground to benefit wildlife by the time we're done. It's a special program and, and it's had great success. Wow. Alan, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, you know, like you say, is, is you think about this and, and the biggest success stories, I mean, when you talk about, you know, the wildlife overpasses that are up on Highway 93, heritage funds were a big piece of that. That was a, a big commitment by heritage to help fund those. Um, when you talk about our annual wildfire rehab, you know, we've seen years where we burn a million acres. Um, Heritage account has been there and supported those rehab efforts along with other sportations to try to, you know, go back and reseed that and, 
restore those habitat values. Um, water development. Water development's been another chronic um, supported project through this. Um, you, you again discuss those opportunities where we're expanding populations and expanding habitats where our wildlife can, can go live. And so it's, uh, it's a pretty extraordinary program. Um, I, you know, I look at the numbers and, and, and I kind of got, got them all pulled out before we went to this meeting. And, you know, we've had 24 years, uh, highest number of projects funded was 27, lowest was four. On average, we fund annually 13 projects a year. Um, the, the high amount is, like I said, this year, we're, we're funding, if fully funded, you know, $1.2, $1.3 million of projects. The low was 48000 the first year, but the average over the 24 years has been about $465,000. So you think about that, and the, and the average number of projects is 13 projects. That's, that's just a huge amount of work that, you know, we, we may not get to, or it, it may not be what we cut, but something else is going to fall off. That's 319, almost 320 projects over the life of this that may or may not have been funded or others that may not have been funded because of the domino effect of, you know, these supporting dollars. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty tremendous, you know, uh, piece of our abilities and doing good things for wildlife. And like Jack says, I mean, it isn't just the, the Pittman-Robertson funds that are being matched to this. We try to stretch our dollars as far as we can. Um, we match to, you know, like, like he says, BLM, Forest Service, there's non-traditionals, Ducks Unlimited. Um, there's a, a National Fish and Wildlife Foundation that, that funds and grants out funds. And this year we're doing a migration corridor proposal in the Ruby Mountains to help the, the Ruby uh, deer herd and its migration routes down there. And that's a, that's a grant and this heritage dollars are gonna go to work. And so um, it's big. Um, a lot of work's been done in area six for that mule deer herd. And a lot of that's come from heritage funds. So um, you look at some of our probably uh, highest priority, highest, you know, uh, press projects that, that are being done and, and they're being funded with this heritage dollars. Pretty amazing. And we're also, that got us right to our break. We're already out of time for the first half of the show. So we will be right back after this quick break. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today we're talking about our wildlife heritage program with Endow's Deputy Director, Jack Robb, and Habitat Division Administrator, Alan Janae. And during the break, you guys were talking about some of the funding changes we've seen over the years with this program. Does one of you want to get into that a little bit more? Sure. Uh, when it was originated, it was built to be like a trust fund that uh, you built up the interest in it 
or you built up the principal in it and you lived off the interest. And that worked out for quite a while. Uh, the way it was built, you could use 25% of that year's proceeds. 75% had to go into the principal and then you could use the interest off that principal. That's what funded the current year projects. And then in the mid 2000s, we had to downturn in the economy and, and we saw bond interest go down and everything. And we were only getting twenty thirty thousand dollars a year interest off so the sportsmen again uh, saw that occurring and and they they went to the legislature and said hey we need to be able to the principals there uh, we're not getting the, the interest we want to get more projects with the money we're spending so can we use 75 percent of the annual proceeds and the interest off the the balance and that that was a game changer uh, Alan's got the numbers, but I think we went from 250,000. It, it doubled the next year's funding availability. And, and since then it, it's only grown. And uh, then with the PIW coming on and in, in the past 10 years, the Silver State Tag coming on, uh, our funding has just increased tremendously uh, helping out wildlife. Yeah, just to speak a little bit to those numbers, you know, that Jack mentioned, that's, you know, from 2006, 2006, we funded, uh, six projects, a uh, total of $65,500. Immediately with that funding uh, calculation change, in 2007, we went to 21 projects, $576,000 and Um So it, it, was, it was absolute uh, a, a game changer in the, in the management of this account and what it could do. Um, and again, like Jack says, you know, for the sportsman to realize that and to go through the effort to, to help make that change to that account and be able to put more of their money to work and in improving habitats, that, that was that was impressive. Exactly. And it, it, it's not only about the habitat, uh, as we spoke about before, the uh, trap and transplant. Every year that I've been associated with around it, and I think it's been every year since its inception, trap and Transplant disease surveillance has been the number one project. It's the highest ranked project on priority list of the department and the commission. And what that's done is 1970, we had about 2,500 bighorn sheep in the state of Nevada, only one species, the, the desert bighorn. And the trap and transplant project funded by the heritage program, uh, we're up to three species, California, Rockies and deserts went from 2,500 sheep statewide to 12,000 sheep statewide now. Uh, the number of antelope that we've brought in is tremendous through this program. The elk trap and transplants and, and augmentations we've done over the years to bring our elk herds up to where they are, are a direct result of this program. Uh, it's been fantastic for habitat, but the trap and transplant disease surveillance is the number one priority every year, and uh, it's the one that usually funded first and the fullest and even at that amount uh, the NGOs do come in to augment that to make sure that program is fully funded and can go forward and do great things for wildlife and sports and increase sportsman opportunity. Yeah I remember I was during the break and I said I, I, I remember the list of projects that we funded last year and uh, or this last fiscal year and it, it, it was all over the board it was habitat Trap and transplant, disease surveillance, um, fire rehab, seeding, um, PJ removal, um, 
Raven. So there was a Raven project in there. Yeah, just all across the board. And and they ranged in, in budget from smaller projects. And then, but yeah, you're right. The, the biggest two were definitely Habitat and Trap and Transplant. Yeah, looking at this year, you know, um, I, like I say, I think we've got 21 or 22 projects. Um, and, and I think it's a little bit uh, slightly skewed towards Habitat on the ground projects. Um, but there's fisheries projects. There's work uh, proposed to help on our uh, Marlette spawning station up at Marlette Lake, um, where we get most of our brood stock. Um, there's another proposal in there for some habitat improvements on the Walker River. Um, so it's basically, it's helping game fish, game species, game mammals, uh, game birds. You know? Yeah, I've seen, uh, I, I've seen a boat ramp on there before. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty tremendous the scope of what it funds and and uh, just you know so impressive to think about you know the species that have benefited and where Nevada's gone um, because of contributions and and movement of funds like this from our NGOs and the sportsmen's thinking about you know the wildlife. Um, you think about elk populations. When I was a kid, you know it was rare to see somebody actually get an elk tag and. And nowadays you look at the elk populations and that much of that was trap and transplant. And as we mentioned, this is one of the fun, big funding sources for that. Very cool. And we actually have an important meeting coming up regarding this, correct? An upcoming commission meeting? Yes, we do. Uh, the last weekend in June, uh, we've done the last few commission meetings on Zoom because of the COVID outbreak. Uh, we're going to do our best to have a wildlife commission meeting in person. Uh, we're going to do it out at the New Walker River State Park uh, so we can be outside. We'll have plenty of room to get social distancing. And we're going to do it as a camp out commission meeting so that we can uh, take advantage of the state park, but still make sure everybody's healthy and, and takes care of themselves at the same time. So. The funding will be approved during that process at that commission meeting. So that's what happens at that meeting. It's the funding. That's where we get that funding approved. The funding doesn't get approved. The, the department puts the projects forward. Uh, different groups put projects forward, but the funding is approved. And the only way the funding can be approved is through the Wildlife Commission. I see. Very cool news. I didn't know that. That's going to be the first of its kind commission meeting like that, I think, or at least since I've been here within the last two years. A few years ago, we had a camp out meeting down in Dyer, Nevada, but we held it in a gymnasium. Uh, but this time, because of spatial concerns and health concerns, it's going to be an outdoor commission meeting. I've been around the Wildlife Commission since about 1997. I can never remember an outdoor commission meeting. It may have its own hiccups. Uh, it's going to be hard to do a PowerPoint presentation with a screen with daylight and stuff, so we're going to have to adapt and do some things different, but it's going to be enjoyable. And, and uh, like I said, we'll get our social distancing and make sure we can continue doing business and make sure these important things like the heritage projects do go forward and, and we don't miss a season of getting uh, vital projects on the ground. I doubt anyone's going to be complaining too much about not seeing the PowerPoint when they're sitting outside at a state park. So there you go. <laughs> I think it's going to be very nice and ability to catch fish and uh, there's some sheep not too far away, deer, uh, upland, there's waterfowl around. It, it's it's going to be an enjoyable time in a great place. Very cool. 
Aaron, yeah, anything? Uh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say, Alan or, or Jack, which, where can people go to, to find out more information? Like if they want to read up on, on, on the Wildlife Heritage Trust accounts or how? You know, yeah, you bet. Um, if you go to our website, you can go into public meetings, uh, commission, and then it's Wildlife Heritage Committee. And all of the support material uh, that, that, that has ever been at each of those meetings is in there. The Wildlife Heritage Program grant manuals in there uh, tells people, you know, our partners, uh, conservation organizations that want to apply for funds, it tells them the process, the timelines, um, talks about the committee, and then also the, the commission's final approval. And, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, pretty amazing, you know, that's one of the other things about this is, you know, a lot of this, it, it's pro, uh, partners can come in and ask for funding through Heritage. Um, they got to be coordinated with an NDOW, you know, representative so that uh, we understand it and know what we're going to get out of it. But uh, yeah, we link up and, and partners can submit for funding through this. And if you look through the history of those projects, um, Every year, there's a number of partner projects that are benefiting wildlife um, that are occurring on the landscape and are being funded by Heritage. Um, it's another strong benefit of this program because um, it, it stretches our capacity, not only in dollar amount, but if you've got somebody like a, a conservation district in a county that wants to do some good work, um, they can be overdoing that work and overseeing that, um, and it doesn't require as much endow uh, labor forces you know, program that we run. So it, but it also stretches capacity. And then um, have we, have all the tags been auctioned for the year? Is that completed? Yes, all the tags have been auctioned. Uh, the last four tags, it was a different year. Uh, we had a desert bighorn sheep, a California bighorn sheep, a Rocky Mountain elk, and an antelope that due to the timing of their events, uh, they couldn't hold their events because of the COVID outbreak and those events were canceled and we worked with the NGOs that were awarded those, worked with the Wildlife Commission, came up with a different way to do it and we did it through online hunting auctions.com and it brought in a surprising amount of money, $100,000 for a California bighorn sheep tag, $95,000 for a desert bighorn sheep tag. I think the elk was about 100 and the antelope went for a record amount, 27500 So it was even though it didn't go the normal way, uh, people see the value of those tags and Nevada is a great place to come. We've got a tremendous resource and we manage for a tremendous resource. So uh, it does bring those high prices when you have a good resource like Nevada does. And that actually, we're running out of time, you guys, but um, I feel like that was a very informative podcast and Aaron and I barely had a talk. So those are our favorite guests when we barely have to do any talking. So I really appreciate both of you coming on to talk with us today. Um, and that really does it for this episode of Nevada Wild. Thank you everyone for listening. again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.